Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Everyday Theology Podcast, where we as ordinary pastors connect theological truths to everyday believers. I'm one of your hosts, Dustin Walters. I'm joined here by Ben, your other host. We're so glad to be here with you all just a few days before Christmas. Ben, I trust that uh, Christmas shopping and sermon preparation and all those things are coming along well for you in this Christmas season. Oh, man. It's not it's not Christmas yet, and I'm just going to tell you I'm dad of the year <laughs> because I I have not done well Christmas shopping this year. I don't know what it is. I've just not done well, and um, maybe my kids will get like some bread and water or something because I'm not uh, I'm not doing so well with the shopping. But I need to I need to get on it. I need to get on it. Hopefully, maybe this weekend. Which you have two days. This podcast is coming out on the 23rd of December. <laughs> You've got two days. Uh, I don't know that Amazon can get to you at that point in time, uh, but I hope that goes well for you all. No, no they don't have a uh, they don't have a pickup station in Walnut Ridge. <laughs> Well, we may not have any physical gifts to give you all, um, and our podcast may not be a gift to you all, but it, maybe it is a gift of our presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, to you all, listeners. We're so thankful for all of you. Um, it's been a great year here at Everyday Theology. It's been kind of a weird year. It's been hard for us to kind of be consistent sometimes, but we're super grateful that you guys have been patient with us. So today, uh, we're going to continue just kind of walking through some passages that make us think about Christ's first coming and his second coming. We normally call that Advent. Um, And so today, our passage is going to come from Galatians chapter 4, the first eight verses. Now, some of you may be out there listening in listener land, or as they used to say, in radio land. Radio land, yep. Yeah, exactly. Wondering what in the world (laughs) Galatians has to do with the Christmas story. Ben's going to read Galatians 4, 1 through 8 for us, and then we'll talk about that passage together. Ben. Yeah, so this is from uh, the Christian Standard Bible. Paul writes to the churches in Galatia, Now I say that as long as the heir is a child, he differs in no way from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. Instead, he is under the guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were in slavery under the elements of the world. And this is where Advent really comes in, verse 4. But when the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then God has made you an heir. Well, that's that passage. Really, one phrase resonated with me, Ben. A lot of the older English translations, I think, will say like fullness of time, and they put that in the yeah. genitive construction there. And I noticed that even as you were reading, you kind of highlighted when the time came to completion. Yeah. Let's talk about time as it relates to God's people and what is it in their hearts that they're longing for? Before Christ is born and then maybe even after. What what is it that this timing and this longing that God's people have? Yeah. So I think again, if you if you go back to our previous episode on Advent, you you kind of um hear us talk a little bit about this this dual fulfillment and and this sort of expectancy that 
that Israel has. And if you talk to a, a modern day Jew, they have the same sort of expectancy there. Um, they're expecting a, a Messiah. Um, and this timeline is, it's hard to nail down. You can look at, uh, you can think of in an eschatological way, you know, there's, there's a lot of people trying to predict, you know, the second coming of Christ and, and those sorts of things. That's, that's hard to do. Um, it's just really hard to do. And I, I, as a pastor and as a, um, I'm going to use this term loosely, but as a theologian, um, <laughs> I, I would, I would advise against that. I don't think we ought to do those things. I don't think we ought to be so caught up in the timeline of Christ's coming and his second coming that we kind of miss the forest for the trees and aren't ready. And Paul here said, really, if you want to be true to the text, and if you read between the lines, what Paul's saying to this Galatian group of churches is he's basically saying, boys, God's timing is not our timing, and God knows when it's the right time. And when it was the right time, he sent his son to redeem us and to 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 change our status from slaves to sons and then sons to heirs. That's remarkably beautiful. And as you were sharing, Ben, I just immediately thought of two passages that I know were in Paul's mind. How do I know what was in Paul's mind? I wasn't there when he was writing Galatians. Um, but man, doesn't this echo Genesis where he promises 315? This is a longing of God's people going back since the Garden of Eden. When we were banished because of our sin choice, as we were united in Adam, we're banned from paradise because of sin. And God puts this longing in a people's heart for this one to come and crush the head of the serpent. And then you fast mm -hmm. forward all through the Old Testament, and we have all this longing. And eventually we get to the time of the New Testament where, you know, there's 400 years with no prophetic utterances. They've got yeah. they've got their scripture. They've got their temple worship in the synagogue. But the people of God have had this longing, and it's all connected to Abrahamic faith. Now, Paul mm. obviously talks about Abraham and faith and justification in Galatians. But here, as he talks about just at the right time. Yeah. Sometimes we feel like God is late, but God's never late. Ben and I do occasionally, not to throw you under the bus, brother, but Ben and I do occasionally listen to Southern gospel music, and we do like it sometimes. So if you guys hate us for that, just send us a note, info at everydaytheology.co. Yeah. But um, one of the songs that's in my mind, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, uh, the song by the Hoppers, uh, was it the Hoppers that sang uh, – when he's four days late, he's still on time. No, Karen Peck and New River. Karen Peck and New River. That's right. Yeah. Well, the point of the song. And it's really, a moving, it's a moving song. Yes. Well, some of you guys have been praying. You've been praying for your kids to get saved. You've been praying for your marriage. You've been praying for your family. Um, and it just doesn't feel like God's coming through. And we we just want to encourage you today. Like if you're dealing with some some stuff today. Um, it's okay for you to feel sad. It's okay for you to grieve. The people of God 
we as New Testament, New Covenant believers, Ben, we have to get better at the dark night of the soul. We have to get mm. better at grief and sorrow in God's people before the Messiah came. You got to think about, you got to think about what they were feeling when they were exiled from their land, when they were, you know, under the Roman oppressive rule. And as I think about this passage in the fullness of time, God sent his son, and then he describes the son here, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. That echoes go well, kinsman redeemer. And he's made a son, but God sent his son who was truly born of a woman. He was truly God and truly man. That's important. Mm -hmm. He wasn't just appearing to be a human. Truly God, truly man, born under the law. What does this mean, born under the law? It means that he was born under the curse of sin, just like we were, without the imputation of Adam's guilt, because he was sinless. So... He came to actually make us become not enemies of God, but sons through faith. Yeah, there's a nice nod to the incarnation here, isn't there? That that God, because um, he, he, Paul explains here that God sent his son, the one who is, in fact, equally God. The, the creeds say co-equal and co-eternal, I believe is how the Nicene Creed puts it. Uh, and so he is God, but yet he's born of a woman. Anselm, in his work, Cures de Homo, or, or Why God Became Man, uh, explains this so elegantly and so adequately um, that the only way, the only way that we are able to be saved from our sin problem is if God were to become a human. There, there's no other way. And he takes Anselm, it was kind of it's it's a it's a really long work, but it's very, very good. Um, and it's broken up into to little bits and pieces if you get uh the book from Oxford University Press. Um, but he it's a question and answer form. And one of the things that Anselm does is he he kind of makes a circular argument. To say like, yeah, we're human, God is not, but yet God has to become human to save us from himself. And I think that's exactly what Paul's echoing here in Galatians 4. I was going to ask you, uh, when you first started thinking about Galatians 4 in connection to Advent and Christmas, um, Ben, what, what would we say? We've talked kind of generally, okay, Messiah come, we get to be children of God, we're heirs through faith. What is the connection between Galatians 4 and the whole Christmas story? I mean, a lot of times people, and that's one of the things we've really tried to do this this month in our, uh, what you will see eventually is three-part series of a podcast that we're doing here for Christmas in December 2022. Um, some people normally, we, you know, will think about the Matthew passage, they'll think about Luke, but how about this passage? How, how does Galatians 4 fit into the Christmas narrative? Well, there's there's really a lot of ways, um, but again, you think you think about the reason why Christ had to come, and I, I know I'm I'm just gleaning from Anselm, but one of the things that Anselm says, probably my favorite quotation from uh, Cures de Homo, 
that I probably mention at least like three times or four times a year on the podcast. I say it a lot at church, um, you know, when I'm preaching is, but Anselm says, man owes to God something he cannot repay, but must repay it in order to be saved. And if, if you consider the weight of, of these statements that we owe a debt to God, that we have no capability of paying, but if we want to be with God, if we want to know God, if we want to live with him eternally, we must repay it. You can enter in this connection to Christmas. It's only through the, forgive me for this term, but the humanizing of the Son of God where that mankind is able to become a son of God. We are enemies of God. Paul says we are slaved. We're enslaved to sin. We have, um, we, we live in bondage. We live, uh, we are slave or excuse me. Sin is our master. And the only way for us to be, um, freed from that enslavement is for someone to buy us out or to pay our debt. And that's, uh, what, that was the entire purpose of, the coming of Jesus, not to not to become a baby and to become a human, but to be born under the law, to fulfill the law so that he could redeem those like you and me who live under this law but can't keep it. That is so, so powerful. And as you were sharing that, I was looking here in the text at the end of that chapter. In chapter uh, 4 and verse number 28, it says, now you too, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of the promise. He contrasts Sarah and Hagar. Now skip mm. down to verse 31, connected to what Ben just said. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of a slave, but a free woman. Jesus mm. Christ came to set us free. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. Yes, amen. That's so good, and it's it's just so um, comforting, Dustin, because I I live in constant regret and constant shame and constant guilt because I know, like Paul said, "Oh wretched man that I am." I just know I know who I am deep down, and I know who I am as a person, and I know my struggles, and that I struggle daily with things. And man, uh, this is just so Christmas ought to be the most freeing season for believers because of a passage like this. I insert a word here on evangelism as well. Sure. We work with people. We have neighbors. um, We shop with people at Walmart and they're searching for freedom, Mm. whether it's in a form of pleasure or a lottery ticket or more hours at work. People are searching for something. My prayer for our listeners this Christmas season is that maybe they're sitting around the table with their family, or maybe there's even some unbelievers in their family. They can talk about, look, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who set me free from addiction and pain and strife. And I think, by the way, that's one area that we often train people to give their testimonies. 
and tell them, you know, what if what has Christ done for you? But we really need to teach people how to incorporate what is Christ doing for you now in this current station of your life. And so as mm-hmm. you were sharing that about freedom, my heart breaks for the many people that I know who are not they're mm-hmm. walking around like the walking dead, man. They don't they don't have any freedom at all. Well, man, it, and this this brings us full circle back to justification, doesn't it? It it has nothing to do with the fact that our sin is gone because it's not, you know, I we still struggle minute by minute, second by second, with sinful thoughts, with with gratifying our flesh, and and pleasing the things that uh, pleasing these desires that we have. But man, it it is it is because of this uh, God man who submitted himself to the will of God to uh, become a man born of a virgin to die on a cross and be obedient to the will of God to redeem his people, all of them who would respond to this gracious um, gracious offer of salvation by faith. And when you respond to that gracious offer of salvation by faith, Christ's blood has paid your penalty he has set you free and dustin you said who the sun sets free is free indeed you are free you are completely free you're no longer a slave you are a son you are an heir with christ and it's not because you've done anything to earn that sonship it's because you've been adopted into god's family because of the obedience of jesus what a beautiful truth. Just thinking about all the significance of that. And and I think that you're absolutely right. Galatians 4 needs to be added to the preaching rotation. Uh, I love what he says there at the end of the passage that you read. I think in verse 8, talking about that you are an heir of Christ. Mm. That's not defined by our merit. Going back to Anselm, you've quoted him a few times. you got to think about what the Catholic Church was dealing with in the medieval period about merits and all that penal substitutionary atonement although a newer concept the satisfaction view of the of the atonement going back to the early period it's been there you know Mm -hmm. it has a whole lot more historical merit than say the governmental view or something like that but anyway you are an heir of christ and that means that we have a place in his presence, not because of our goodness, but because of his. Mm. Yeah, justification is just a beautiful thing. And it's when we truly understand that that we have nothing to bring to the table apart from the obedience of Christ, um, that, that we can rest and and not live in this guilt and not live in this dread and and shame. Um, I, I love I love um, listening to Jared Wilson talk about this. Um, Jared wrote a book several years ago. I think it was like 2013, but it's called The Pastor's Justification. And of course, he's dealing with pastors and pastoral ministry in this book, but he basically says, you know, pastors, your justification has come through Jesus. Um, so you can you can walk into that 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 board meeting, you know, you can face your your head deacon that's a bully. 
Um, you know, you can face the difficulties of ministry and then you can go home and lay your pillow, lay your head on your pillow at night, fully justified before the Lord. Amen. And, and I just want to, I just want to encourage our listeners that it, it's not just for pastors. Like this is, this is everyday theology. This is everyday Christianity right here. You can face the pitfalls and the difficulties of life and the, and the sorrow and the pain that this fallen and cursed world brings. And you can face it and you can mess up and you can, you can just royally botch your day, but you can still come home if you're in Christ by faith and you can lay your head on your pillow at night, justified before the Lord. I would also add a note. You added an application note to our pastors there, um, to our everyday listeners. Um, you know, we ought to read the Word of God. We ought to spend time with Him in prayer. We ought to prioritize it. And yet, if we're feeling shame because we haven't been having, can I just remind you what Ben said? There's level ground at the foot of the cross, and you were justified mm. not based on how many chapters or verses you read this year, but by the fact that Christ's blood, His imputed righteousness, has been received by faith, and you're born again by a gift of His grace. And uh, that's a beautiful truth. Yes, and 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 thank the Lord for His grace, man. I mean, it's none of us. There's level ground at the cross because none of us deserve it. And man, uh, when when we truly realize that, it it should humble us. It should make us ooze in in gratefulness and thankfulness, um, and not just because of what Christ has done, but in the kindness of God that when the time was right. He sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that those who trust in him by faith can receive adoption as sons, and we can call him Father. Mm, that's so good, man. Well, what an excellent and filling episode, at least for me. I've, I've certainly enjoyed reflecting on this passage with you today, Ben. And Oh, yeah, absolutely. And as we promised our listeners on our first episode that we published in our Advent series here. Uh, we're going to share um, a hymn, and Ben's going to surprise you with that hymn now with just a closing reflection as we wrap up today's episode. I'm going to read, we all know verse one of Hark the Herald Angels Sing, so I'm going to read verse two and verse three, and we'll end with the refrain. Listen to these words by Charles Wesley. Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Pleased with us in flesh to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, hail the Son of righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise up sons from earth, born to give us second birth. Hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. Glory to the newborn King, indeed. We pray that you and your family have a Merry Christmas. We will be back again for one more episode for 2022, the last 
Friday the 30th. We pray these truths have reached you for your good and for God's glory. Until next time, keep staying faithful, child of God.